Good morning, my fellow Michiganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. Today, we got a lot of information to talk about today because there's a lot going on in the media. So I'm going to get right after it today. Number one, in East Palestine, Ohio, there is a, a spoil, a chemical spill, right? We've been starting to hear about it in the corporate media because a lot of people are starting to try to put attention to it. But for the first several days, it was crickets on what happened. And bottom line, there was um, a derailment of a train that was carrying really, really horrible chemicals. And they shot a hole in it to stop an explosion. And what happened? It did basically explode and a big plume went into the atmosphere. And so I want to bring that to attention because right now, all we hear from the federal government is literally crickets. Crickets. Where's Pete Buttigieg? Um, where's Biden holding the press conference? And I guess when this happens in rural Ohio, we just don't care about those Americans. But I can only imagine if it happened in one of our big cities, the uh, press, the corporate media, along with our federal government would be all over it, trying to take advantage of a situation, which I'm going to call out Governor Whitmer here today on exactly what she's trying to do with taking advantage of what happened, uh, the tragedy with Michigan State uh, several days ago. So that's my job. I'm going to take arrows for this live today because everybody's going to attack me and say that I don't care. And it was a horrific tragedy. And we all understand that. But what I have a problem with is when politicians, career politicians, try to take an advantage of a situation and really pull on people's heartstrings to really push their, their political agendas through. That's what I'm going to call out today. When anyone ever dies, especially from violence, it's absolutely horrific. We understand that. But I'm going to call out her clown show, and you guys are going to be able to see my perspective on those things. So the arrows will fly at Garrett today, but I don't care. I'm always going to do what I promise to all of you is give up-to-date, accurate, and truthful information to every single one of you so we can continue to do what we do best is bring awareness to these topics and have a conversation about it. And that is exactly what needs to happen is conversation. So let's get into right now the tragedy in Ohio. So what I'm going to show you is some clips of number one of the crowd outside the town hall last night. There was a big town hall meeting where all the communities come together because they want answers. And the company basically pulled out of this meeting, um, the one who owned the, 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 the chemicals, right? They pulled out of this meeting at the last minute, afraid of facing these townspeople, which is hot garbage. And again, where's President Biden holding the press conference about this? Where is our Department of Transportation guy, right? Pete Buttigieg, where, where are you guys at? And they do not want to show up and help these folks out. So the video that I'm going to show you shows the line and shows some of the uh, the coverage of the mayor um, and some other people claiming or talking about what happened. So here we go. The truth is, I feel that if this did happen somewhere else, it would have been handled totally different. So we are getting treated very differently than if we were a large city. And I think that maybe they feel that they can take advantage of us because we are a smaller town. And I hope that that's not the case. But what rolls through on those tracks is of more value than the lives of the residents in this community at the end of the day. I came from California. I'm used to the big city. I was born and raised there. We came out here to get away from all that riffraff and all that stuff that's going on. So we picked this town. My mom was born and raised out this way. We found this nice little quiet town. It's been great when we moved in here. Train didn't bother me at all. 
but all of a sudden it seemed there was more and more and more and more activity, and now they're going through here faster. So if they're going through here faster and they're hauling all these unknown chemicals and tanks and everything, who's to say what's going to happen? Meeting tonight was to ease people's minds and their hearts. You know, there's a lot of concern. We all know that we're not going to get every answer. So we come here and hope that we will get the right ones. And I think how it was set up tonight and with the withdrawal of Norfolk didn't really represent how much they care about the, the concerns that we have as a, as a community, as a small town in the heartland of America. The tables are the tables we just did because we can't, you know, we're trying to get information out to our citizens. Everybody's concerned. I'm concerned. But... You know, it's not Norfolk Southern here, it's the EPA, the people that have been working with us, trying to get our citizens back into their homes safe. That's what we need right now. We need our citizens to feel safe in their own homes. You know it's not frustrated. Wow, right? Again, I couldn't imagine this happening in my backyard where there is all these great chemicals that are getting spilled, not only into the local areas, but also it's leaching into the Ohio River. So I'm going to show you guys a graphic right now, which I found with some other information for you to be aware of because it's pretty uh, pretty dramatic. So let's talk about this right now. Um, obviously, we can see East Palestine, uh, Palestine where, where it is, right? And you can see the Ohio River Basin and the rivers and how it's all connected and all that stuff is leaking in there. And these are toxic chemicals. Um, they've been identified in the Ohio River. That supplies obviously 5 million people with drinking water. Uh, it's just not what's in the tanker cars. It's what happens when they burn and combine, which is a chemical reaction. And so I want to show you some other graphics that I found. Um, that's what it looks like. I mean, where are the environmentalists right now? That doesn't look good. All right. Erin Brockovich, is, as, as many of you have watched her true story uh, played by Julia Roberts, uh, she's calling out the Biden administration right now to do more for the residents. They're, what are they doing? No press conference, no help, nothing. They just stay quiet. It's unbelievable what they try to get away with when it doesn't help their narrative. And obviously, we know that when you're exposed to vinyl chloride, it's an increased risk of developing rare forms of liver cancer, liver cancer, lymphoma, leukemia. And you can see with the wind direction where this chemical is going to go. It's an environmental disaster. And again, all we hear is crickets. And I really love this caption because it's spot on. Um, reminder that the people not reporting on this supposedly had your health as their top priority over the past three years. You know, you better wear a mask, right? It's just, uh, it's unfortunate that our leaders are not leading in times of crisis. Uh, they only lead when it helps their narrative, which brings me to my next point with Governor Whitmer. Obviously, we had a tragedy at Michigan State where a psycho who had mental problems shot some kids, killed some kids, and then killed himself. And all the Democrats want to do is talk about gun violence and guns are the problem. So let me give you an analogy or a different perspective on this. As a doctor, when patients come into my clinic, they come in and they present with a problem, a symptom. And a lot of times what I have found in my 14 years of being a doctor is a lot of times where the symptom is, is not necessarily where the problem originated. It's not the ultimate why. A lot of times in the medical industry, what they tend to do is they treat symptoms. What I like to say, they unplug the check engine light, but they never go a little further and ask why that check engine light is on. Some of them, because what they try to do is they cover up that symptom with a drug. 
And what happens is those drugs have side effects and those side effects they'll give more drugs to. And a lot of times, a lot of my patients will come in and they'll have a laundry list of medications, one for the symptom, the other four or five for the side effects that the other drugs are causing. And it just creates a chemical storm within the body, which creates dis-ease, malfunction, people being unhealthy. So as doctors, we're trained to, well, most of us are trained to find out why everything is happening in that body and get to the why, find out why that check engine light is on in the body, and then treat the why. And when you treat the why, miraculously, the body heals. And a lot of these other symptoms will disappear. Well, I'm not saying in all cases, but a lot of cases, that's exactly what happens. And so let's look at this as like a medical condition. So we have a psycho that comes in. He had his hand, got his hands on a gun, which we're going to analyze here in a second because he had a history of, of having a felony and a Soros-backed district attorney um, basically led him off with a misdemeanor, which allowed him to buy this gun, which he had access to it. So they want to basically say, it's the guns, it's the guns. Not the person who was holding the gun, not the person with the mental health problem holding the gun. It's always the gun. So let's look at Governor Whitmer right now and how she's running with her narrative. And I want you to remember, because i got a couple of videos I'm going to show you. Remember when she was talking about the pandemic? And remember, she would always have these, these kind of props in the background when she would speak. She'd have the Fauci pillow. She would have the, uh, what was it, the, the, the basically the symbol for murdering um, I forget what it was, uh, our President Trump. She did something. She put some blocks on there. I forget exactly what it was, but if I see it in the video, I'll point it out. But she always has these props. And in the background of her video now is a prop of the Michigan State helmet, okay? So she's really good with these subconscious cues that really play on people's heartstrings. And when you watch this, yeah, your heart goes out to it. And a lot of things that she's saying, you're like, man, she's right. We got we to gotta look out for one another. And our society is it's a mess right now with mental health and everything else. And it really pulls at your heartstrings. But you have to remember who's talking and the history of the person who's talking, because I'm going to expose her history here today because that's my job. I'm not going to let her get away with trying to be, you know, here I am today and I care finally. Garbage, hot garbage, because where were you when you were forcing these unconstitutional lockdowns? Where were you when you were basically throwing the fire or throwing the gasoline on the fire, the mental health crisis with our kids, keep them out of schools, keep them out of athletics and everything else and locking these kids up? Where were you then? especially when the science and data wasn't adding up, but you didn't talk about it because it wasn't protecting your own agenda. Okay, so let's talk and see what she has to say right here. Our Spartan community is reeling this week. Our hearts break for the lives shattered by gun violence. We're thinking about their families, recalling their last visit home. We hear for their friends who might be remembering their last conversation or looking at their last text. We hope for those fighting for their lives in the hospital we hold each other closer. This is a uniquely American problem. Too many places in our nation that are supposed to be about learning and community or joy have been shattered by bullets and stained by bloodshed. Michiganers are no stranger to this pain. A little over a year ago, we lost four young souls at Oxford High. Their students have lived through that, the worst day of their lives, only to go through it again at MSU. We shouldn't have to live like this. We shouldn't have to subconsciously scan for exits whenever we enter a building or a room. We shouldn't have to go through the grim exercise of trying to figure out who our last call would be or what we would say. This feels heavy, 
but in our darkest moments, we must try to see the light in one another. We saw that light in the medical professionals at Sparrow who cared for and are caring for the victims. We saw in law enforcement and first responders and, of course, MSU students. Countless Spartans were heroes. They let others into their dorms. They barricaded rooms and buildings. They did what they were asked to and so much more. They took action and did something to protect their fellow Spartans. It's time we do something, too. The time for only thoughts and prayers is over. We are in a unique position to take action and save lives. And that's exactly what we are going to do in the weeks ahead. We're going to get this done for every Spartan who's lucky enough to call campus home. We're going to get this done for Michigan and all students and families and communities. And we will get through this together. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Wow, so heartwarming, right? And if you've been gone over the past three years, you probably would say, wow, that, that lady, she's something special. Man, she, she looks, she's starting to get all emotional and she's starting to crackle in her voice, which I don't know if that's true or not because her past uh, doesn't reflect that. So let's talk about what she's done over the past three years and remind everyone she's just taking advantage of a situation. Because I want to point something out to all of you right now, because when things happen like this in suburbia America or at our universities and they post or they plaster it all over corporate media and social media, then these politicians come out and they continue to repeat the same narrative, same narrative over and over and over again. It's the gun, it's the guns, the guns, the gun violence. And it starts to just condition people that that's what it is. We have a gun violence problem and it's not the, it's, it's, It's not the guns, folks. I'm telling you right now, because here's where I'm going to point out. And I pointed this out on my live yesterday. This past weekend, there was 18 people shot, four people killed in this city. The previous weekend, 20 people were shot, three people were killed. In the month of December, 31 people were shot, six people killed in a weekend in December. Now, that didn't happen in the universities. That didn't happen in suburbia America. Where did that happen? That happened in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois, where one of the cities in the United States who have the most strictest gun laws. So taking away people's guns obviously isn't the solution to this. Bad people are going to continue to get guns. We have a mental health crisis, what we're going to talk about here today, the ultimate why of what's going on. But again, where is the big social outrage? Where's Black Lives Matter? Why aren't they protesting in the streets right now with what's going on in Chicago? And I gave only three weekends. Do you imagine if you look back over the past two years on how many young people, old people, children have been shot and killed, unfortunately, in the city of Chicago? All we hear is crickets. You know why? It doesn't support their narrative. So they're going to stay away from it. But as soon as something comes up that supports it, it goes everywhere. 
I will always stand for the Second Amendment. You will not infringe on the Second Amendment. I'm not going to allow it. And I will always bring everyone's awareness to that situation. And that's what, exactly what they're trying to do. No outrage when it happens in Chicago. I guess we care about more about kids at universities than the poor people in inner city Chicago. I guess that's what it is, right? Because that's that's the card that they're playing because there's no outrage with it. So I will continue to expose it just like I'm going to expose Governor Whitmer what she's done to all of us over the past almost three years now. So let's reflect back on how much this woman cared about our constitutional rights, our sacred values, our citizens' rights, how much she cared about our children, how much she cared about our businesses, right? She didn't. And here is the proof. Mysterious pneumonia outbreak in Wuhan, China. A new type of coronavirus. The number of affected countries has tripled. The World Health Organization has just declared that this is a pandemic. I have signed an executive order to extend and expand Michigan's stay home, stay safe order. For the next three weeks, we have to take these important actions. The goal here is simple. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. This will be temporary. Even though the majority of society bought into this narrative, I just felt in my heart and soul that something was off. You should never, ever take away people's constitutional freedoms, their sacred values, your citizens' rights, regardless of a pandemic. People from all over Michigan are joining what some are calling a movement, frustrated and angry about Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay home, stay safe order. The solution to this can't outweigh the potential of what's gonna happen if we continue to shut our economy down. The suicides, the stress, all these other things that will happen if we continue to extend this out. Last Thursday, after Whitmer extended the order till April 30th, Garrett Saldano started a Facebook page called Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine. I was like, hey, I'm gonna reach 500 people. I, I hope there's 500 people that think like me. The page now has more than 250,000 followers. Third night, 300,000, I looked at my wife, I said, what the heck did I do? Because there was a lot of passion. A lot of anger, frustration, there was engagement. This is what it's about. It's about that feeling that we have inside, into our heart, into our very soul. It's a family, it's engaged, it's passionate. The silent majority is no longer silent, are we? Why, Governor, did you mandate these masks? Why did you shut down our businesses? Why in the hell did you put COVID-infected people in the elderly homes? We've got to implore one another to step up and to do the right thing. And Michiganders are, are smart, we're tough, we can figure out how to do it politely, but also forcefully. It's always darkest right before sunrise. And we've been through a lot of darkness. The light is coming up, that sunrise is coming up, not because of me, but because of all of you. We are going to allow this to reach millions of people. This is going to allow you to feel the power of our movement. And it's because of all you folks. Holy cow, it has been one heck of a journey. Remember in November, she brought down the hammer again. So when she did that, I remember looking at my wife, I said, I have to do something. Yes, it is official. So just a little reminder. Just a little reminder, and I have tons of other footage that I could show with what she has done, but just a little reminder on how much she cared, how much she cared 
when she put COVID-infected elderly in the nursing homes, which resulted in the deaths of thousands of our loved ones. And a lot of these folks also died in isolation without COVID because they weren't allowed to see their families. Look how much she cared then. And look, she was making these decisions even when all the other states around were opening up. This is when Florida was fully open. South Dakota never locked down. And all the data started to come in. And she still hammered down with the second lockdown. And that's when she really threw the fire on or threw the gasoline on the fire of this mental health crisis, which I'm going to end with today. Because we can't be fooled by what's happening in this 24 media or 24 hour media cycle. We have to remember, I will not let you guys forget what she has done and what she continues to do. And I will be on her butt nonstop calling out her hot garbage, which she's doing it again. And I'm just not going to sit back and allow it to happen. I'll take the arrows. I do not care. I'll take arrows from every which way direction, folks. But I will continue to get you the information. Because on that video, what did you did you see me say from the very beginning three years ago? The mental health crisis, the suicides, the stress. I called it out. I knew what was going to happen from her decisions, the catastrophic consequences of her decisions. Now, in my humble opinion, we already had a little bit of a mental health crisis brought to you by social media, especially with these young people. The studies have been known, done, and it shows the, the social media is not good for these young people. And the suicides were going up even before the pandemic. But I tell you what, locking these kids up and then putting them on what? 24-7 social media, because that was their only way to contact. So we understand and know now that social media is like a cancer of these kids, especially developing minds of children. So when they locked us up, what did these kids do? They went to social media 24-7. Even adults did. And so now we have a huge mental health crisis. The ultimate why, folks. Do you understand? Healthy people do not do these things. Evil people do these things. Unhealthy people do these things. Unhealthy people with mental disorders and a mental health crisis do these things. You can take away all the guns in the United States and people will still find a way to hurt and to maim and to kill. And it's unfortunate. They'll do it with knives. They'll do it with trucks. They'll do it with U-Hauls. They'll do it with private jets, commercial jets. It doesn't matter. They'll find a way. Until you get to the ultimate why, you can take away everything and they'll still find a way. We have to deal with it. And unfortunately, we had politicians who really threw fire or threw gasoline on the fire with this thing. And now we have a problem and it's going to take decades. But their plan is to take advantage of a situation, unfortunately. And again, I'm just going to say, hey, to all the people who are affected by this tragedy and not only Michigan State, but all the other places in Chicago across the United States, gun violence, domestic violence, murder, all the horrible things in the world, my heart goes out with you. But we have to reflect back and look, what is the ultimate why? The ultimate why is, unfortunately, the mental health crisis. The ultimate why is politicians trying to take advantage of the situation. And then we have Soros-backed district attorneys allowing criminals just to come out with lesser sentences. That's been proven time and time again. But the progressive left doesn't want you to know about that. And Black Lives Matter, who is all on the front pages with, unfortunately, what happened in Minnesota, where are they at with what's happening every weekend in Chicago? Crickets. Do you see it? All you have to do is pull back the curtain. And you'll see the wizard. You'll see the person at the controls. And that's what I'm trying to do for all of you. So one thing that I'm going to end with today, we got some positive news. Can't end on a negative. Got to end on a positive. 
Lena Epstein, who was running for chair of the Michigan Republican Party, has dropped out and joined the DePerno Soldano ticket. She is going to be the finance chair, which I think is a fantastic, awesome um, addition to our team. Lena is unbelievable. She's an unbelievable human being. She, uh, human being. She has an unbelievable history of being able to fundraise. And we said this time and time again, if you don't fundraise, you're dead in the water. And having her a part of the team, uh, Lena, I'm excited to work with you. Um, welcome. And we're going to get this thing back. And I'm calling on all the other chairs that are running right now against uh, Matt DiPerno. Look, Matt's our guy. He is going to be the leader of this thing, and it's going to be shown on Saturday when the delegates vote. You know, we have all these warriors backing us, President Trump, Mike Lindell, General Flynn, Carrie Lake, uh, the West Side Warrior, Angela Regas, and many more are going to start endorsing too. But look, like we have Mike Lindell coming out. We have Carrie Lake coming out to help us get this thing done on Friday and Saturday. That's what we're bringing. Matt has got all these great connections from all of his fights on election integrity throughout the United States. And that is what's needed to really get the Michigan GOP up and running. And you finally got grassroots warriors at the helm of this thing. That's, that's impressive. And that is why you're going to get excited with what we bring to the table and the team that we built. It's going to be an exciting time in the Michigan GOP. You're going to be proud of this thing. And I know in the, in the past you've been disappointed, but I'm telling you what, right now you got to have a little faith. And then you're going to get that trust with us with what we build and what we're able to do. And it's going to take all of us together. It's just not the the team that we're putting together. So all the other chairs, hey, look, you know, let's get on board. Let's get behind one ticket and let's get this thing done as fast as possible so we can get to work on Sunday morning and really do what we need to do with the Michigan GOP because time is a ticking. We have to win in 2024. And that is what I'm going to live, um, sleep and breathe this thing over the next two years to activate the grassroots army that I've been building to really go around and get these votes, to identify independent Republican voters, go door to door, call them, tell them to fill out the absentee ballot and teach them where they need to drop it off or mail it in or whatever they need to do. We are going to go out and get these votes. We're not going to sit on the sidelines anymore and screen from the rooftops, vote in person because it doesn't work. We are going to be on the offensive. And that is why I joined Matt DiPerno because of his plan to win in 2024. So get behind us and we'll take back state. And I guarantee you this, we will blaze a trail. And that's what we're doing as grassroots warriors right now is we are blazing a new trail that's never been done. And you get a lot of naysayers. You get a lot of arrows from both sides, unfortunately. But I tell you what, we're going to blaze a trail so wide, so big, so full of hope and inspiration that everyone that doubted us, hated on us, attacked us, threw arrows at us, we're going to have to humbly follow because we are going to bring something special to not only the state, but to our country as well. Have a great day. God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan. And of course, and always, God bless these United States. Until next time, folks. Goodbye.